BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. I'm Elle Fanning, and these are the movies that changed my life. Hey, everyone. I'm Ian DeBorha, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is Elle Fanning. You may know her from movies like Maleficent, The Neon Demon, or Teen Spirit, but now you can see her as the star and executive producer in Hulu's The Great. Thanks again for listening, and here's Movies That Changed My Life with Elle Fanning. Elle, how is it going this Thursday Morning, early morning, late morning, afternoon. Yeah. How, is, how is it going for you? It's going great. It's good. I'm in LA. The sun is out. I'm in home, at, at home, inside, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but doing really good. I'm excited about this. Like, yeah, thanks I know. for asking me to be on. <laughs> Thank you for kind of, we just reached out to you just a couple days ago and we were able to squeeze all this in. Uh, I know. You're like, like, pick some movies. I was like, yeah. I don't know. and we will absolutely get to those movies very soon which i'm very excited to talk about but before we get there let's talk about the new show you star in and executive produce the great uh which has all 10 episodes out right now on hulu the show was created by tony mcnamara who was a co-writer on the favorite uh, and is a historical satire drama comedy where you play catherine the great alongside the hilarious uh and often dark nicholas holt as peter so talk, talk to us a little bit about that, about how it's, again, like the pseudo historical drama mixed in with sort of like uh, embellishments to, to move the story along. Yes, I think um, it's a big part of our show <laughs> that we're not <laughs> always historically accurate. Um, Tony is obviously I mean, Tony's done a ton of research um, on Catherine. And from there, I think he's pulled out the facts um, and the historical things that um, really are going to drive our story forward and help us. I think this is, you know, we're not going for the BBC historical version of, of the show. Um, we want to tell it in a different way and bring it to modern audiences. It's going to be fun and, you know, an escape and exciting and entertaining. And, you know, I think, you know, cause sometimes you also can get bogged down in the facts and, mm. and, and that's, um, also just not Tony's style. You know, he has a very specific tone and a <laughs> right. very specific style. Um, I think for me, it was important that we got to create our version of Catherine that could be relatable. Um, and someone that I think what was important for me is that I wanted to, for Tony and I, we wanted to create our version of Catherine who can be 
relatable and and still have the essence of what you know the historical Catherine did. Um, right. Obviously, I didn't know much about Catherine the Great. Actually, I wasn't yeah. taught about her in school. I knew she was the Empress of Russia. I knew that. Um, you know, I knew the horse rumor. Um, sadly, <laughs> that was honestly all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I looked up bits and pieces. Um, for sure, I learned that she invented the roller coaster. Um, the real Catherine. Yeah. I think that wow, tells that's you, a fun fact. yeah, it tells you a lot about a person. Like she yeah. seems, sounds like a good time. Um, uh, <laughs> and then like, you know, her period was the enlightenment period. She's the longest, um, woman ruler, um, of Russia and she brought female education and art and science and all of that is included in our show. It's just not mm-hmm. done in your typical classic period way. You really get uh, a good sense of what the show is going to be throughout the first episode. So I highly, highly recommend it. Any, any last things on, on the great before we move on here? Oh, Other gosh. than watch this great show. Watch it, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it, <laughs> you'll have such a good time and, and she's such a unique character. I think it was, what was important to me is that she's, because I'm kind of allergic to the strong female character term, mm-hmm. like hearing uh-huh. strong female character. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, sure. you know, like that's, you know, I, <laughs> I, I think Catherine, I was, I really was aware that I wanted to make her, to humanize her and make her yeah. have, you know, she makes mistakes. Sometimes she wavers. Sometimes she's weak. Sometimes she's incredibly brave. But it's going to be unexpected, you know, and I think there's room for that. And TV has really forged that path to have those complicated women characters, you know, with Fleabag and Russian Doll and Killing Eve, you know, et cetera. So I hope that fits fits in. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I think it will. Again, big fan. Um, All right. So before we get into the movies that changed your life, you want uh, we were talking a little bit before we started about The Nightingale. Um, So this is a movie that you were going to do along with your sister. Yes. Um, so do you want, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. It's based on a book, um, called the Nightingale, which is a bestseller. Uh, it's a world war II story about sisters. Um, I think, and my sister and I, we've never worked together. I started my career playing her at a younger age. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was um, in, I am Sam. I was two and I just had to swing on a swing with Sean Penn and lay in the grass and pretend to sleep. Um, so I've played her, but we've never been on screen together, talking, acting together, mm-hmm. never. So we've always been looking for a project where that could happen. And we finally found one. Melanie Laurent um, is going to direct oh. it. Oh, she's directing. Yes. Yeah. Well, she, I have done a movie with her too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Called Galveston that, um, in her first movie she did was a French film called Respire, Breathe. Respire. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, if you haven't seen it, it's, I haven't. Okay. I'll you have got to, oh my yeah. God. She's incredible. It's, she's not in it. She's just directing it, but it's yeah, like yeah. the movie's incredible. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's, she's directing this and we were about to go, um, before, the quarantine, the shutdown mm-hmm. happened. So hopefully after this is done, that will be the first project we'll do. Uh, it's funny when you said Nightingale's based on a book about two sisters. I'm yeah. pretty sure my wife, uh, my wife's book club read that. Uh, oh. in, it, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like looking at it right, right now over like on our bookshelf. <laughs> I can funny. see it over there. Probably. Um, so they will be very excited about that when they hear about it. You can let her know. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So Movies that changed Elle Fanning's life. Uh, where do you want to go first? If- oh my, it sounds so huge, like that statement, right? <laughs> I guess we should start. I think 
We should start with probably the first one that I saw. Okay. Which was Never Ending Story okay. out of the so, group. So this is 1984's Never The Never Ending Story. It's a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb with 126,000 ratings. Uh, <laughs> written and directed by Wolfgang Peterson, starring Barrett Oliver, Noah Hathaway. Um, the synopsis on IMDb, which is a very surface level, a troubled boy dives into the wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. Uh, it is a childhood and 80s classic. Um, so set the scene for us, Al. When was, when was the first time you watched this? Okay, so it's really, this is actually an interesting story. I was okay. filming Door in the Floor. So I was um, four, yeah, four years old because I turned five on that set. So I was around um, four or five. And Bijou Phillips was in that movie and she played my nanny in the movie. We were like really, like she, she loved me. Like we would like hang out on the set and like do things together nanny me you know kind of whatever and so I went over to her apartment which I think she was dating John Lennon's son at the time I think it was like Sean yeah I think it was like his apartment and John Lennon's (laughs) piano was there I remember this because like my (laughs) I mean I was so young this wouldn't I wouldn't have cared right right like but my grandmother dropped me off and like my grandmother knew and like she would tell me like when I got older she was like do you realize like where you were the pian like (laughs) what it was I was like I didn't know but we made macaroni and cheese okay like unbelievable she made the like i remember this it was so good so crunchy on top so creamy in the middle so good and she turned on never-ending story and i'd never seen it before and i was so scared like it affected me i was terrified and i sobbed and sobbed when the horse died when the horse went into the 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 quicksand right yes yeah Quick, or the mud yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah the, the swamps of the sadness. The swamps of sadness. Yeah, when the horse <laughs> drowns and goes, I mean, I was like a wreck. And it just like, I remember that image always. And like, we were sitting on the couch and and she had thought she'd like traumatized me because it affected me so <laughs> much. But it's, right. and it's funny because like, I really just remember that moment. And then of course, I've watched the movie many times after that just to like figure it out why it affected me so much mm-hmm. um and it still kind of does like it's still yeah, but it I, brings me back to my like youth like what yeah. i don't know what really got to me and it just got to me that whole story just i don't know yeah i, just, I, I rewatched it um ahead of this and the yeah. artex the artex the horse dying in the swamp scene yeah. was like when i was watching i mean it is brutal artex you're sinking But I think I like that. I mean, I also love um, like visual effects that are like real. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, practical like, effects. Yeah, pra- yeah there, there we go. Mm-hmm. Practical effects. Like I, I'm very partial to that. Like I feel like why don't we do that now? Like I right. want that again. Like I and love looked- like Labyrinth, like all the, you know, Wizard of Oz. Like I like, the, yeah. I love the look. I'm yeah. like, I love all the puppets and, and all that. Yeah, and um, the puppet, cr- the creatures in uh, Never- The Nevering Story are amazing. And it's funny because, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie, right, it's a, just a normal movie. And then once he opens up the book, it goes, like, 
100 miles an hour. They're like, all right, enough with this real world stuff. Let's get to this weird guy riding like a racing snail <laughs> and like a guy hanging on a bat. I mean, it's it's so funny. Do, I know. Do you have like any favorite like creatures you liked from it or uh, any specific characters from the movie who, who stood out to you oh, or man. stand out to you still? Well, I think you have to like um, Falcor, right? The right. dragon. I think We have a dog right. that looks ex- like a lot like him. <laughs> so <laughs> sweet. I mean, I also really like the childlike um princess <laughs> oh yeah, yeah she yeah. was the, the moon child yeah, yeah yeah she was literally the most like i thought she was the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen when i was i was like she's the most beautiful person like in the world i think i just love the i don't know the feeling of the film like more than specific moments it's just like such an escape it just takes me to this other place yeah and that's no, I, what that... i that i i don't know and i think it's so it's like also like the acting really isn't like good. Like so you're like I'm like so I'm like I'm not watching this for the acting here. You know what right. I mean? I'm watching this yeah. for like to be able to daydream and imagine. And like what's funny, I wasn't um like my family's all sports families. Uh-huh. So I wasn't really not not allowed, but we never went to the movie theater growing up. Like we would not go see movies. So I was huh. when you asked me about this, I was trying to think of what was even the first movie like that I saw in a theater. theater. Uh I can't, I think it was, I think it was finding Nemo. Like, I think that's what it was actually, (laughs) but it wasn't, but that didn't affect me. Like at the same, you know, I think there's something about being alone, like in your room or like watching, putting the TV on the living room, your parents, like, and you're just alone and like experiencing it with your TV set. Like, and that's what I remember with this film. It's like, experiencing that by myself and like those are yeah. my secret thoughts like i don't know yeah. like it was like all for me you know with with that film specifically um and i just didn't know that films could like look like that i didn't know because right. i'd watch like disney movies and sure you know those are out there but this just is a different look it's so dark it's funny it's so and like dark. you know the falcor that they use in the in the movie is 43 feet long constructed of used airplane steel <laughs> Oh uh, my like the, god! Yeah, so it was like it was a real thing that uh, Atreyu uh, and Bastion. First of all, actually, do you know Bastion's full name? The the kid in New no, York. Not, no. So his name uh, is Bastion Balthazar Bucks. Wow! I mean, the names yeah. are insane. What is it at insane. the end? He has to say the name at the end, right? Yeah. He has yeah. He has to, to change. But like, he has to change the name. But it's like, right. what is the because then. What he like screams and then it He's, goes back. It's like I never. That was always so confusing to me. Yeah, it's funny because like a note I had too is that like for most of the movie, it's like it's very like whimsical. It's a dark, obviously like a darker fantasy. But then all of a sudden, it gets like very, very, very deep and intense. Like there's a when um, Artreu meets the wolf at the end. The wolf. I wrote yeah. down two lines. The wolf says. Uh, Atreyu asks like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to destroy Fantasia, um, the world they're from?" Uh-huh. And the wolf goes. Because people who have no hopes are easy to control, and whoever has control has the power. I'm like, what kid hears that? And they're like, oh, like, you know, it's that's yeah, the sort of it, thing where, no, where you watch it now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you watch it now. Uh, yeah, it's funny. So I get, you know, and, and obviously, like, uh, Bastion's character, he's he's alone, needs to escape. I mean, it's cool. There's, a, like, a lot of really fun, deep themes yeah, in there. That, then isn't the boy, the boy in the beginning who's reading the book, he's kind of bullied. Right? Yes. In the yeah, beginning. Yeah, he gets thrown in the trash can. I remember that. And then he like goes and he so he's yeah. kind of feeling alone. He's like loner. 
same way, relating to the story. It's funny that, um, you know, Nevering Story was on your list because the first thing I thought of is that you play uh, Aurora in the Maleficent series. So you do dabble in like the fan dark fantasy specifically. I mean, Maleficent is, yeah, in terms of, especially in terms of Disney, it's very much on the dark fantasy side. Um, did that ever like cross your mind at all where you were filming at all? Where you're like, hey, I'm kind of like in my own never ending story right, huh. <laughs> right now. I don't know. I think, I don't know if it like, if that specifically crossed my mind, but I think that I was aware that I was in a fantasy world. I mean, on those sets, a lot of it is green screen. Right. Right. And, but then there are like some tangible, some tangible things. I remember in the first one, we did have not like puppets, but there was like cardboard cutouts that we could look at. And uh-huh. they were really, um, for reference, for reference. Yeah. And showing us what the creatures looked like and that. And I think there is a real side to me. That's like very interested in the, in the fantasy, like yeah. I, I, I do feel that I like it's like because there's just it just seems like endless possibilities. I like the idea that I can create a creature. It can look like anything. It can do yeah. anything. You know, I think that's the world of movies. Is like sometimes I think people get too bogged down in making movies too realistic, mm-hmm. and like oh, it just needs to look real. And it's like, well, yeah, but we live in life. We know what life looks like. Sometimes we just need to watch something that's like whoa, like really stretches our <laughs> imagination, you know? So I, I like yeah. that feeling. So I, and I think on set, it's like for those Maleficent films, you're constantly using your imagination, like in a crazy way. And sometimes you, you look at yourself, you're like, I look insane. Like I'm like, you know, <laughs> just like talking to myself with imaginary right. fairies, like doing things. And you're like, wow, right. my job's so funny. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's uh, that was, it, it was fun. I mean, I was a big fan of the Disney princesses and all right. of that growing up. So right. um, that, that always, it was a big dream. That was a big deal when I like got the call. Yeah. That, that. Who, I mean, who, who wouldn't, right? That, that's a dream for anyone. Oh, Even if you're yeah. not an actor, you're yeah. not, you don't want to be in the film industry. If someone just called me like, hey, do you want to be a Disney prince or princess? Like 100%. I like, yes, with Angelina I will drop what, Jolie. Yeah, like, with yeah. Angelina Jolie. Any man would do this. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, it's, it's a win for everyone. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, yes, the never-ending story. Uh, my last question on this before we move on to our next film. Yeah. Uh, how great is the theme song? So good. I mean, I I have that on my phone, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the never ending story. Who was, yeah. There was one, gosh, there's one director. Mm-hmm. We would play that. I don't know if it, it might've been Nick Reffin. Uh-huh. I think it was on. Really? Yeah. Nick Reffin. That is, that, I would <laughs> I not guess that. I mean, I might be, I might be saying that wrong, but I, that's what my gut is telling me. Cause he played music okay. all the time. And I think like I was humming it one day, you know, something like that. Right. He's like, let's put it on, and like, we played it. So that's a fun fact. Yeah, uh, fun fact. <laughs> Nick Reffin and Al Fanning uh, listened to Never Ending Story on the set of The Neon Demon, yeah, which is yeah. uh, the last place you would expect that to come up. Exactly. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, all right, so let's move on to your next movie, which okay. uh, I believe would be Grease. Then, yeah, let's is, do it, Grease. is this correct? Yeah, that makes okay. Sense. So uh, Grease is nine came out in nineteen seventy eight, seven point two out of ten on IMDb with two hundred twenty six thousand ratings. Directed by Randall Kleiser, uh, written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, did the original musical, and then the screenplay was Bronte Woodard and Alan Carr, starring the immortal Olivia Newton John and John Travolta, among many other people. Uh, one of my favorite movies. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen this, Me but either. set the scene for us. When, 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 do you know the first time you saw it, or was just someone uh, that just I don't was always even. in your? In, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. It's like all. It's always been a part of my life. This movie. I think if you asked any of my family members, like any of my friends, like they would say Grease is my favorite movie because I just watched it constantly. I wanted to put it on constantly. It was like I would watch it over and over and over again, and I would dress up as Sandy. So I had like a costume box that was like, okay, we're watching the movie. Like I have the specific costumes and I would like pause, put everything on for each different scene that she was in (laughs) and perform it word for word. Like the songs, the lines, everything like while watching the movie. And then we had a pool outside at our old like childhood home. And I would go for hopelessly devoted I would get a, a pink piece of I, I already know journal paper, with yeah, and I would go out <laughs> to the pool in like a nighty and and do and do that. That was like one of my favorite things to play was like that mm-hmm. scene outside. And I would do, and I would do that, and I would spray the because uh, not Jan, uh, not Jan, which Rizzo, not Marty. Rizzo, Marty, Marty, yeah, Marty yes. sprays perfume on it too before they go mm-hmm. out. Yeah, a little spritz, and I was like from because she's like. She's doing love letters to her. I know like everything love letters yes. to her, uh, her boyfriend who's like yes. serving and, uh, you're going with a Marine. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um, mean, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, everything It's funny. Like I, it seems like you and I have a very similar relationship with this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but Mm-mm. my mom definitely bought me the soundtrack when I was like in second or third grade and always listened to it on repeat. I just thought, John Travolta, Danny Zuko was the coolest guy. I know. I mean, the way, like, it's funny, I rewatched it again for the millionth time. And, like, I will never get over the fact, the way John Travolta walks and talks, like, in this movie. Like, he has so much, it's so ridiculously over the top. It's such a choice. It's like, whoa, like, but it works. But it works. It's like, wow, you're going there. You're really going there. And it just works. I mean, he was my first crush. A hundred percent. Not John Travolta, like Danny Zuko. Yeah, Danny Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many 
quotable lines in this movie, especially from like, I mean, everyone, but Danny, like the note I wrote down and it's funny, like in my house with, with my wife, like we always quote Greece back and forth to each other. Like, yeah. you know, I'll say, oh, what's the matter with me, babe? What's the matter with you? And yeah. like, like all these like goofy Travolta isms. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like particular lines that like stick out to you or anything like that? I or any always, scenes? If- I always think of the, but I don't know. Who exactly? The Hickey from Kanicki, I always remember because yeah. I was like, when I was young, I was like, what? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know at all. And then, and then also the scene when the whole scene of like her in the car and like the mm-hmm. condom, like all that, my yes. mom would fast forward. I wasn't allowed to watch that part. And then also, and so then when I watched it, like when I was like older, I was like, I'm like right. finally able to like watch what was going on. But like how <laughs> funny also like some of those lines were like when she goes yes. to the bathroom she says she skipped her period I'm, I'm, oh yeah she said i missed my period it's like oh you're skipping class already or yeah something like yeah that, something right? like yeah. that it's like something about like something about like a sentence and marty's like what or something she's like i skipped my period like it's screaming yeah. oh and i was like but yeah i would always try to like sneak and watch and like my mom would always fast forward those things um i feel oh my god what other the whole when he's like the after the bonfire and he's like rocking and rolling, rolling and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like Sandy. Yeah, hey, I got a surprise for you. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sandy. Teddy, what are you? What are you doing here? I, I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plan. I can't. Well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is, rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. Yeah, it he is so good in He's it. He's so good. Oh, my God. And then the one, the drive-in scene, I also mm-hmm. never really understood. See, this is because so, I was too young. Like, yeah, I yeah. didn't understand um, the whole... Like when she screams and when she gets out of the car and she shuts the door on his yeah, direction. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh. Yeah, and I was like, why is he like, I was like, what happened? Like, what happened? And now watching it later, I'm like, there's so many like innuendos. It's very yeah, sexual, it's, the movie. Yeah, it's funny. Like the movie seems to have like two, people have like two relationships with it. It's like when they see it as a kid and like they love all these songs and the dancing. Yes. And then like when you, you know, probably high school or something like that, when you start realizing yeah. all the things. Like another thing I never realized when I was younger is when um, she was saying like, I'm late on her period. So similar to that, like yeah, she says yeah, that to yeah. Kaniki, like I'm late. I'm like, I don't even know what that what means. That like, means what she's exactly. late. What is she late for? Yeah, I know. I know. And then you watch it like, cause I've watched it so many different ages in my life. Yeah. And then it starts to mean something else. Then it's kind of like a flirty thing. And like, this very right. sexy thing. And I mean, it's also like not the best, um, like thing to teach girls. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? I'm like, right. all right, just now she, just change for the guy and then he'll like right. you completely change right. yourself. Um, but I do think I, the whole bad boy thing, like because of that movie was something that I was after, like in right. high school. And I wanted right. to be that, like I wanted that experience. I really right. did. I did. It's funny. You, like I, like a lot of people, when they think of what high school is going to be when you're, you know, young, like in middle school or elementary school, like yeah. a lot of people go to like the John Hughes and a lot of people go to like the, you know, yeah. the never been kiss and things they hate about you. Yeah. But for me, I thought everything was like Greece. Me too. Like, I, I thought me high too. school and I've was going to be like that. I've yeah, seen yeah, them. yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But it was just something that like, I just related so much to that. I also think, 
which I would normally never say this, but I think this is a rare occasion. I don't think this movie can ever be like redone in the way it's like, no, no it just can't be touched. Yeah. But I think that they were like, the actors were so much older than their characters. <laughs> but weirdly, this is the one time that I would say that it's okay. Like I would make an exception. Like they seem totally fine, but they're like 30. Like they're super old. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For these parts. But I don't care. I like it. Like, I yeah, like, like it. <laughs> especially, uh, what's his name? Crater face, um, with the scorpions, like the oh rival gang, that guy, I'm like, you're not in high school. <laughs> like, like, you're not, you're in, you're not in college. <laughs> no, I know. Oh yeah. She's, um, oh yeah. And cha-cha. Um, yeah, cha-cha. Yeah. She, she looks pretty old too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not it's in funny. high school. It, it works. Right. But I mean, it it's works. just like, there's this, some sort of like nostalgia with it where you're watching it and you excuse yeah. all these things that like, you know, if they had made, uh, you know, if they made book smart or like super bad with people with, that much older, like it would have been like, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing? I know. I know. But we, we excuse it. Like I, it just works. There's I know yeah. the humor. It's just, it can never, that can never be captured. Like there's something like the chemistry with everyone on the set. That's like, so real. Like, again, we're saying like the real thing, but it is right. like they're, they've created something that's like, you want to be in, like, I want to be there. I want to be there. Except for one thing, the one yes. scene that I hate. Okay. Beauty school dropout. <laughs> I do not like beauty school dropout. I never, I would always, that was boring. I always thought it was so boring growing up. Too much like, of a departure. Just too much. I was like, what? <laughs> and then he's like flirting with her, the guy. and like, <laughs> Although I always like uh, Rizzo in that scene is so funny though because she's mm-hmm. wearing like she's wearing like um, oh, they're all yeah. wearing the, they're like tin foil yes. and like the, the smocks and stuff like that. Yes. And she's kind of like looking at her, but the way she's she's not singing like she's like one of the other beauty school right. angels. She's singing like she's still Rizzo and like ugh, like I don't really want to be here. It, it's That's so funny. Good. Everyone's so in their character; they just got right, it down right. so well. I mean, why do you think this movie? is going to be immortal. Like, I don't think this movie is ever going to leave any it's, sort of place in pop culture. No, it's completely immortal. And like my kids, I will be showing that to my kids. Like, yeah. it, it's just weird. <laughs> it's like, it just like stands the test of time. I think yeah. the songs are amazing. Like the mm-hmm. songs are so good. There's too many, uh, like too many quotable lines <laughs> and like quotable scenes that are just yeah. little moments that yeah. are just iconic. Like yep. it's just completely iconic. I don't know. They just captured something. They were yep. lucky. They just did it. They it's did just, it. Yeah, they did it. So, so there is this. Uh, before we go to the last movie, I do want to. I was doing some research, and there is this f- very dark fan theory. I want to send your way to see what. Oh you my think. gosh! That's so there is a fan theory that the reason the car flies away at the end of mm-hmm. the movie, which is completely insane, is because. Um, Wait, I think I've read this. So in Summer Lovin', Danny says um, he saved her from drowning. He saved Sandy from oh drowning. Oh my God, yes. So there's a fan a theory it's that it's all a dream, dream right? that it's all her coma dream, which is like so funny. That what do you think about hilarious. that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that. I don't yeah. think that's what it is. <laughs> like, no, but yeah. I like the idea of that. I, li- yes. I like the idea, but it's definitely no. That's not what it is. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree with you on that, yeah, but no. it's funny to think about that. That is hilarious. Um, no, then we should do the sequel where she like she wakes up, wakes up, <laughs> yeah. and then it's really what happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a very dark, like twenty eight days later sort of thing. Like everyone's graduated. She doesn't know where she is. Oh yes. my god. 
Okay, so you're an executive producer now. Okay, so this is okay. this is how we get the ball rolling. This is okay. this is Grease Three, where she wakes up from the Let's coma. Let's get it going. Let's okay. go. And then it's like a, in this contagion world. She like wakes yes. up to Matt Damon. He's like, yes. "We got to get you out of here." <laughs> this is this is writing itself. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we have this on on audio. <laughs> hope you're enjoying this week's episode of movies that changed my life if you are don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you get all of our upcoming episodes as soon as they are available because we have some awesome guests coming up to talk about equally awesome movies like judy greer on casablanca felicia day on bringing up baby and kevin smith on reservoir dogs thanks again for listening be sure to check out imdb.com slash podcasts for more content uh, now let's get back to movies that changed my life with Elle Fanning. Your final pick is The Virgin Suicides. This is a 1999 indie classic, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 139,000 ratings, directed by the amazing uh, Sofia Coppola. The, the book it was based off was written by Jeffrey Eugenides. Uh, it was the screenplay written by Sofia Coppola, starring Kirsten Dunst, Josh Hartnett, James Woods, Giovanni Ribisi does the voiceover, uh, among many other people. Uh, Kathleen Turner, who was absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. A.J. Cook, mm-hmm. Anna Hall. Um, so... The synopsis of this says a group of male friends become obsessed with five mysterious sisters who are sheltered by their strict religious parents in a suburban Detroit uh, in the mid 1970s. Um, set the scene on this one, the Virgin Suicides. Where did you? When was the first time you saw this? So the first time I saw it was actually um, it was after I had actually already worked with Sophia because I worked with mm-hmm. Sophia on somewhere when I was eleven. I was in that, um, and I had seen I, I had seen Marie Antoinette at that point, mm-hmm. actually, um, and then I think I mean I was just pro- I I was you know thirteen like in my sure. teens like also wanted to see more Sophia Coppola films after I'd worked with her. I need to watch it like I need to see it, and it just completely like changed my life like the like the aesthetic of it I was like I want my teenage years to look like this you know be like that I loved I could relate so much to the dreamlike quality of kind of youth and the mystery I was like I it just spoke to me and then when, when Instagram came out my first which is I don't have it anymore but my first handle on Instagram I got was virgin suicides I got no that. way yes <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I was Virgin Suicides for a really long time. All through high school, that was my Instagram. Huh. Yeah. Did people ask like what that was? Because that's still like, a, I mean, even yeah. kids pretty kids niche, would. right? People- kids totally. Yeah. yeah, they didn't know. Not <laughs> yeah. in, They didn't know. And they were just like, Ew, like, what do you mean? Like, they just thought it was like, cre- like weird, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, super emo suicide. sort of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, it's actually a really cool movie. Um, but I wanted, I don't know, I just wanted to be a Lisbon sister. I wanted to yeah. be them. But I'm like, it's such a tragic end and it's tragic such story, a tragedy. Right? But just the way Sophia, obviously that was her first film. Yep. You, but she, from that moment, like that was her first movie, but it's such a Sophia Coppola film. She, like, yes, boom, she, it's like her aesthetic, her stamp on it. You can just see it. She has such like amazing style um, throughout, I mean, obviously in all her movies, but you see it right away in the Virgin Suicides, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the colors of the film, like there's like a lot of yellow and blue hues and like the film grain and even like the angles they shoot, they yeah. use. Like a note I had was that, 
Um, if you didn't know any of the actors or when this was made, you would think this movie was shot in this in the seventies. A hundred percent. I just because I just watched it uh, recently because it was the twentieth anniversary, like a couple weeks ago, um, and so I watched it again just on that day to celebrate it. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how does she make it look so seventies? Like it's completely seventies. Yeah. Like I yeah. just the the lighting and just everything even down to like and i know how specific like the girl's hair color and like the yeah, way yeah. the girl's hair falls is a very 70s way that some like yeah. people just looked a certain way back then and sophia got it like they all yeah. look that way when you look at old photos it's like it's a, yeah, she did. A remarkable my note is that kathleen turner who is mrs lisbon the mom of the lisbon sisters she kind of looks like a 70s horror mom a little bit like i could see her in right. like a stephen hawking yeah like in carrie uh, or something yeah, yeah 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 another thing is like the uh when they do like the music montage they do like split screen which you don't see yes. anymore really and they the, do, like, the, and the, oh, the double exposure yes, right like yes, tons yeah. of that i love that when it's like the girls in the grass or like you know um, little things. Something I pulled out of this, I haven't seen this in a couple of years. Um, and I'm curious if you think the similar way that I do, that it's really interesting that Sophia Coppola tells the story of these five Lisbon sisters. Um, but the whole story is told from the perspective of men. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Right. So mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of it is about how Josh, obviously the narration um, by Giovanni Ribisi uh, mm-hmm. is a, is told from the perspective of boys. And then as they're growing older, uh, Josh Hartnett's perspective, they're interviewing him in like the AA thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting that they do that because particularly at the end, um, you know, the, the voiceover says, you know, the girls weren't hearing us calling to their rooms. We were trying to help them, but it was like, no, they were calling for you to come help them. Like you, you know, they, the yeah. boys were sort of like not seeing where all the signs were. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, especially when the girls are ordering magazines to their house to like see the outside world. Yeah. Um, and then the boys start doing it too, but the boys are using it to like, oh, we're going to go on a trip with uh, the Lisbon sisters when the girls were doing it to like escape from themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, it's really interesting that she does that. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was really, really cool. And I really had never noticed that before. I love, I, I find that really interesting too. I think cause it's, it's just the, the enigma of, how male males look at women and like how it's just, Oh, the enigma of them. And, and also not fully understanding too completely what they're actually going through, you know? And they're wanting to I feel like the boys want to romanticize it. People saw their clairvoyance in the wiped out elms, the harsh sunlight and the continuing decline of our auto industry. Even then, as teenagers, we tried to put the pieces together. We still can't. Now, whenever we run into each other at business lunches or cocktail parties, we find ourselves in the corner going over the evidence one more time. All to understand those five girls. Like, they have Mm -hmm. romanticized this as this legend of these girls, these blonde and the slow-mo and, like, the mystery of that. But, like, as a girl, when I watch it, I don't see the girls in that way. Like there, it seemed, it's very relatable to me. Like yep. that it's, oh, they put this on them, but actually what they're really going through, you know, is heavy stuff. And I think what, yeah. I love that this was a film that like as a teenage girl, I could watch it. I felt sophisticated 
watching it. I felt not yep. talked down to. I mm-hmm. felt like, and I think Sophia kind of found that area that I don't know was missing. I don't know if like, I, I guess it wasn't really, I think it's become a cult classic. Like over, I don't yes. know if it, when it came out, if people really, I know it was a big yeah. hit in can, but then it like kind of, yeah, people yeah, didn't it had, like it. it yeah, it had a budget of nine million. It, the worldwide gross was ten million, so just a little bit over um, huh. the budget. But yeah, wow. I mean, I think it's like it's it's a it's a really heavy movie, especially mm-hmm. at the time. Like nineteen ninety nine, we're talking like again the tenth. Like if it's a teenage film, it's about ten things I hate about you yeah. and never been kissed and these really cute. Um, you know, she's all that really cute high school dramas, and this is just like the high school dra- high school rom coms. This completely and she against also the grain. put Kirsten Dunst. In it, yes. who was like the star of all of those movies, you yeah, know? Yeah, so there's a, it's funny, like Josh Hartnett plays Trip Fontaine, which is a great character name. <laughs> the best name ever. So he does this, Halloween, H2O, and The Faculty. And then Kirsten Dunst does, uh, she was already, you know, relatively famous at this point, but she does The Virgin Suicides and then goes on to Bring It On, Crazy Beautiful, and Spider-Man. So yeah. it's like Sophia, like kind of grabbed them right at the point where they're like launching their careers yes. um, and, and it hits like perfectly for, for the role. It, it, it's funny how, how things like that work out. Yeah. And I think cause um, Kirsten had told me that Sophia, when they did virgin suicides, or I think during Spider-Man or something, they wanted to like fix her teeth. And uh, mm-hmm. she said this in interviews. I'm not like speaking out sure, her, sure. but right. she's like, <laughs> I'm like telling her secrets. Um, but she said that Sophia was the person who said, do not fix your teeth. Like, don't mm. like, don't fix your teeth. I thought that was like, that's great, great advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to wrap this in. So uh, obviously, Sofia Coppola directed Marie Antoinette, and when I watched uh, The Great, yeah. obviously I had Marie Antoinette vibes coming out of there. <laughs> and when I saw you had picked this, I was like, "Well, well, well, uh, here we well, come full well, circle." Well. So is that something that attracted you to the project as well? Like, or was it when you're seeing you're like, "Oh, this is sort of like you know Marie Antoinette was very early in terms of mm-hmm. doing like the hip." historical sort of film, right? Parody, almost film sort of like stylizing the historical past. And the great does that uh, really, really well. Also, did that cross your mind when you were uh, in the executive producer's chair (laughs) or when you're reading it, you kind of saw all this coming together? Yeah, it was something that we had talked about because I mean, you can definitely see, you know, the comparisons of that or like Barry Lyndon or Dangerous Liaisons or, you know, just like the period drama turned upside down a little bit. Right. Um, I don't think we went, didn't want to copy anything, but I think I was happy that, you know, movies like that and like the favorite have happened because it's kind of now we get to do a TV show in this genre, which I don't think if movies like that had happened that we, that they would allow us to do a show, you know, like, right. that, um, and so we can explore it even further. Um, so yeah, definitely. Have you had a chance to talk to Sophia about the Virgin Suicides? Um, I have. Since? I okay. have. Yeah. And she actually, for my 16th birthday, gave me a print of the girls. You, you, there's like a one of the famous, many famous photos, but um, the girls, they're all on their bed, like lounging on their bed. Uh-huh. Like a vertical yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, she gave me that print and like signed it. And, oh. and so I have that. It was like, oh, cause she knew that I... Um, like was such a nerd about virgin suicides and, and loved it so much. So amazing. Amazing. Cool. Well, Al, we got to talk about three awesome movies, yeah. the never ending story, <laughs> Greece and the All virgin suicides. Seven point rate, like 7.2, like yeah. on IMDb. Yeah. Right Love around that. there. Yeah. Which is great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
So before we wrap here, though, do you see any through line between the three movies at all as to why you think they all stuck with you? Huh. It's interesting. I think I tried to pick, like, films that were truthful to, like, that, okay, I do feel like these kind of shaped the way that I look at the world, like, in my childhood, that Mm -hmm. these are the three ones that made an impact on that. And I think have honestly, like, specifically Grease and Virgin Suicides that, like, really... I tried to emulate those movies. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to manifest those things to happen in my life. Like just to maybe look that way or, you know, get that guy or have that, you know, at high school. So like I, that was a big, those are two very impactful ones. I think never ending story. I lo- I'm a big like daydreamer like type uh-huh. person. So I think it just expanded that imagination for me. Um, I know it's, it's interesting. I don't, I mean, also, I mean, Greece a never ending story. There are some, there's some like yeah. fantasy, like fantastical things. And I think totally. in Virgin Suicides, they're all kind of fantasy. Yeah. Actually. They all have like those sort they're of whimsy. Yeah, yeah. Cause Virgin Suicide, you could look as like a big old giant dream fantasy, yeah. like, and then yeah. obviously never ending story. And, <laughs> and Greece is, we know it was truly a dream. Yes, yes. As as we've discussed here, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. for Greece three. Yes, that is yeah. where it's going to be. This was an awesome chat. I'm I'm glad we got to to bond over, <laughs> over these three movies. Me too. That um, was so fun. Loved yes. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, stay safe out there, and hopefully, we get to see uh, the Nightingale and uh, some other projects as well soon. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to like it, rate it, review it, share it all of the above. And if you want more information about Elle and her picks, head over to imdb.com slash podcasts.